0: All right, so if you wouldn't mind opening uh, your Bibles to uh, Matthew chapter 28, uh, I'm going to ask that you stand for the reading of God's Word this morning, and uh, I will also, uh, you can certainly follow along on the screen or in your Bibles if you would like. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation this morning, and so uh, here is God's Word for us today. Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, And the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. You may be seated. Father, as we take but a moment this morning to reflect on your word, Holy Spirit, I pray that what you have in store for us today, you will reveal. That we will be encouraged, that we will be edified, and that we will understand not only our invitation, but our commission to go into the world and make disciples. We praise you for your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. We are going to break for a Sunday from our uh, series, summer series, that we were doing on the Sermon on the Mount particularly the Beatitudes, uh, because every year after the annual meeting of our own church family and the broader covenant church family annual meeting, I feel it's important to just simply bring, uh, maybe you could say, uh, a report to the church, uh, a revisiting of uh, our mission and vision and values, uh, an update to who we are and how we journey together as a faith family. Um, Think of today kind of like your annual checkup at the doctor. You know, you get assessed. You get evaluated. And we understand there's checkpoints that we need to work on, but we celebrate the good things that are happening, and we look ahead to what is to come. And so today, I want to take a few minutes with you to just kind of bring a simple update to you as we look back, as we consider our present and current context, and as we look ahead to what God is up to in our faith family. Think of it in this way. We're going to celebrate things. We're going to be informed of things, and we're going to be invited to something greater than ourselves. So the question that I'll pose to you this morning is simply this. What is the mission of the church and how do we fulfill it? More specifically, I'm not talking the broader mission of God's church. I'm talking the specific mission of Alexandria Covenant Church. The big idea that I want you to hold on to based on the text that we read and a brief exposition of this text is simply this, that a great commitment to the Great Commission Will grow a great church. And that's what we are going to be about a church on mission. And so we recognize the passage that we read today out of Matthew 28 as the great commission passage that Jesus gave to the church. If we were to survey the New Testament, what we would discover is that Jesus actually gave this commission. In five different ways, one in each of the four gospels and again at the beginning of the book of Acts. In Matthew 28, at the end of Matthew's gospel, Jesus reminds us that our job, our responsibility, our mission as God's people is to go into the world and share the good news of Jesus, making disciples and baptizing them and teaching them to obey the very word of God. If we consider what Luke said at the beginning of Acts, we recognize that Luke tells us that Jesus identifies us, the church, as his witnesses in the world, empowered by the Holy Spirit to go into the world and to tell people about him. As we reflect briefly on this Matthew 28 passage I want to highlight a few obvious points within this text that really inform us as a church as to how we are to live and who we are, our identity, but also then help us to identify a roadmap based on our identity and the commission that God has for us for how we'll live it out. And the first thing we recognize in verse 18, actually Jesus says, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. The authority to command followers of Jesus that Jesus holds is an authority that was given to him by his father because of who he is and what he has done. Authority is something in our world today that we oftentimes struggle with. Authority is something or someone that we come underneath the direction of. As followers of Jesus Christ, there's no greater authority in our life than the person of Jesus Christ. And based on the person of Jesus and the Word of God, we find ourselves subject to God's authority. And so as Christians were called to submit to God's authority and to follow his direction and his will, his commands for our life. Because authority has been given to Jesus, both in heaven and on earth, he says in verse 19, therefore, because of the authority I have, therefore I am giving you a command. Therefore go. The command is to go. To go and make disciples of all nations. A disciple is somebody who didn't know Jesus, who comes to know Jesus, becomes a follower of Jesus and then lives for Jesus and shares Jesus with the world. So this is one of the three commands within the structure of this text based on Jesus' authority that we've been given. The second is that we are to baptize these disciples in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. To be baptized is to identify with Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. Next Sunday, if you're interested in knowing more about baptism or being baptized, I invite you to attend the class at 930 On August 13th, there's an opportunity for you to experience a believer baptism. For those of you who are in Christ and never been baptized, we simply ask and encourage you to consider this out of obedience to the authority of Christ in your life. Not only did he instruct us to do it, but he's also uh, commanded based on his authority that we do this to identify with him. The third thing he says in verse 20 is that we are to teach new disciples to obey all the commands that Jesus has given us. That we are to not just entertain what Jesus says we are to do and how we are to live, but that we are to obey the commands that Christ has given to us. And we find those commands all throughout the Bible. They are not burdensome, They are freeing. And when we recognize that God's commands are not burdensome to our life, but actually free us to live the life that God has for us, not only does it certainly make it easier to do, but it aligns us properly to an understanding of the purpose of these commands for our life. And finally, Jesus says this, and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. It's interesting to note that at the beginning of Matthew's gospel, we're introduced to Jesus by way of the name Emmanuel. We know what that means, right? God with us. God has come to us to dwell with us, to save us. But at the end of Matthew's gospel, we're reminded that Jesus hasn't left us but that he remains with us by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. So we recognize this morning that based on Jesus's authority, he has given us, his church, these three simple commands. To go and make disciples, to baptize converted people, and to teach people to obey the very word of God. And that we're not to do this on our own, but that we have the power of the Holy Spirit to equip us to do this. As we consider our own church, our own identity, how God has uniquely resourced us and put us together as a body of Christ with all the members and parts, all the resources and gifts, all the ways in which we can fulfill the commission to go into the world and make disciples, I want to share with you today how we identify with the mission of God, specifically at Alexandria Covenant Church. Based on Matthew 28, we recognize that our vision, which is really where we are going, that's what a vision is. It identifies where we are going, the direction of our lives is to really help people know Jesus and become a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. That's the vision of God's church, our church. We don't have to be creative and come up with the vision or even the mission. God's already said what that is. But what our responsibility is, is to identify how we can uniquely fulfill God's mission in the world through the gifts, resources, and people that God has given to us. Our mission, when we add the great commandment of loving God, which is the most important thing we can do as the people of God, to sharing God or Jesus with others, we identify here at Alexandria Covenant Church our mission to be, we are a church committed to loving Jesus and becoming like Jesus, so, so that we can share Jesus with the world, with other people. That's our mission. That's how we are going to fulfill God's vision for us. A few weeks ago, actually on a Sunday, uh, June 25th, you were given a bulletin that had a lot of inserts and information in it that really did highlight who we are as a church family and what we're about. Uh, you were also given uh, the full financial packet and report in preparation for our annual meeting. We give this information to you as a church family out of full disclosure. We want you to be fully informed and fully equipped and fully on board with who we are and what we're about. I just want to identify a couple highlights from this because as a congregation we have more than 2000 people participating in the life of our church and that's really exciting not all of them are members many of them are regular attenders some of them are part-time attenders we were able to celebrate last year 37 people who made a decision to follow Jesus we were able to welcome into our church family 36 new members and we baptized 31 believers who identified with Jesus Christ. Isn't that worth celebrating? Amen. See, these are things we can be excited about. We have over 650 volunteers who give of themselves to the work of the mission and the ministry of Alexandria Covenant Church. And I hope you are a part of that. See, more than the numbers represented here are the lives that are being changed through the gospel of Jesus Christ, through a commitment to obeying the word of God and responding to God's call to follow him on mission If you have not picked up one of these bulletins or got an annual report, I encourage you to contact the church office so that they can produce one for you. It's filled with great information that will be helpful for you as well. Not only do we have a great church with many great things going on, but God has also blessed us with a great staff. And I want to take time to just simply acknowledge the faithfulness of our staff and the families of our staff, and the children of our staff, and the commitment that they have to leading the people of God at Alexandria Covenant in a Bible-based, gospel-centered, relationally-driven community where we are hopefully not about ourselves, but we are about loving and serving others in the name of Jesus Christ. Can you thank the staff with me this morning? Along with our vision and our mission, we identify with really six values that drive us forward as a church, the things that we are doing while we're going on mission collectively together as a faith family. The first value that we uphold at Alexandria Covenant Church is that we are Bible based, we accept the Bible as the source of authority in our lives. For faith and doctrine and conduct. We uphold and we adhere to, to what God's word says to us. It's dynamic and transforming power in our lives actually directs us as a church and individuals in our walk with God. We live in a world that is increasingly becoming, uh, uh, both intolerant to the Word of God, but also ignorant of the Word of God. And I mean that in the sense that people simply don't know it like they used to. As a church family, it is our desire that we not only know the Word of God, but uphold it as a source of authority in our life. Secondly, another value that we hold is that of grace. It is by grace we are saved and it is by grace we live. The value of grace identifies that for every believer of Jesus Christ, one is to be born again in order to be part of the family of God. It's not enough to identify with Jesus. It is that God, through Jesus Christ, can forgive our sins and bring us new life. The new life that is granted to us, is identified by Paul when he says, if anyone is in Christ, the old life has gone and the new life has come. Our new birth in Christ means that we are committing ourselves to Jesus, to receiving forgiveness and acceptance of both the life he has for us now, but the acceptance of an eternal life later. As God forms and transforms us, he is at work transforming the world around us. When we recognize the significance of God's grace in our life, it helps us to posture ourselves towards others as people of grace in their life. And that's how the transforming power of God changes and transforms the world through us. The third is that we are missional people. Committed to proclaiming the gospel and message we speak and the life that we live and the service we give in hopes of reaching people with the good news about Jesus Christ. We have to have a clear message about the gospel and speak it to others. But the gospel in life means that we live a life of restoring relationships and reconciling brokenness and and, and, and being in pursuit of loving people where they're at so that they can see Christ in us. And again, then through the service that we provide through the hands and feet of this faith family, people experience Jesus as we're on mission together in this world. A fourth value is unity. Unity. We seek to be unified in heart and in mind under the authority of Jesus Christ in all decisions relating to the, ministry, the mission and ministry of our church. We are to be a grace-filled fellowship of believers who participate in the life and mission of the church together, not divided. And one of the things that I appreciate about our church is that we stand united in the gospel and in the mission of Jesus. We are to be a people, the fifth value is that our spirit led. We don't go out and do this on our own. We do this empowered and equipped by the Holy Spirit. As we depend on the spirit for guidance and direction, God enables us in our obedience as he conforms us To his image and his likeness, and then graciously uses us to reach others for him. A fifth value that we share as a church family is that we respect one another. We respect and recognize the value and importance of each and every person. Now, we might not agree on everything, and that's okay, but on the essentials of the Christian faith, we will choose to agree. On the non-essentials of the Christian faith, we will choose to give allowance for difference. But at the end of the day, we will not focus on what divides us. We will focus on what unites us so that we can go forward together in mission. This is simply our identity. You are a part of that identity. I want to thank you for being a faithful church community who not only loves God, but loves people and is actively living out not only our vision, our mission, but our values in the context of this community. If I had more time, I would share with you a way in which every one of these values is being expressed in our church family. And I don't have time to go through all of them, but let me give you maybe a couple of them. Number one, The value of being Bible-based, we recognize in our church through the way that week in and week out, we preach and we teach the word of God to the family of God. We are going to be a church who not only reads from the Bible, but does preaching and teaching from the Bible. It becomes our starting point, our source of truth, and our direction forward. This isn't just true in big church here. This is true in all of our children's ministry, all of our youth ministry, all of our adult ministry, and all of our senior adult ministry programming. The foundation and the starting point will be the very word of God. When it comes to unity, one of the great things about this church family is that though there are times where we have to struggle with living together we have a long history of being united and how we move forward. And I want to thank you for that because we contend for the advancement of the gospel and the growth of God's kingdom together as God's people. And thirdly, I just want to take a bit of time to focus our attention really on as we look forward to some mission priorities that our leadership team and staff have agreed To move forward with and invite you in to being a part of this great missional church. Over the past year and a half, our staff and leadership team have been meeting to evaluate both the mission and the ministry of our church with the intent of bringing greater alignment so that we can be great stewards of our resources as we really develop and understand together how we can be more effective in reaching more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I wanna share with you just a few things that we have concluded that we are going to truly focus on and be about over the next year. Number one, we've identified three metrics for evaluating our mission and ministry opportunities and also the effectiveness of these ministries and how we evaluate what we will be about, and what we will change, or what we will add. The first, as I mentioned before, it really is a value, but it is also a metric for measuring the effectiveness of our ministry and mission, and it is that we will be Bible-based. We see the Bible as our source of authority. It will be our foundation of truth, and it will be directional for our life. That's one of the metrics upon which we will uphold as we consider all mission and all ministry of our church. The second is that we will be gospel-centered in the message we proclaim, in the life we live, in the service we provide. The gospel is where the power of God is at work changing people's lives. And the third is that we will be relationally focused. We will make sure that we focus on our relationship with God our relationship with one another in the church, and our relationship with those outside the church. So you can have confidence that as a member and attender of Alexandria Covenant Church, all of our mission, all of our ministry will be measured in these three ways. Is it Bible-based? Is it gospel-centered? And is it relationally focused? I hope you can not only buy into that, but hang on to that and enjoy The reality of that. The second thing is our mission focus. As we consider that, we want to increase our mission partner relationships. We have three different areas of missions in the church that we have divided. We have a local mission focus, we have a regional mission focus, and we have a global mission focus. Our local mission focus actually partners with 13 different local ministries within our community that are Bible-based and gospel-centered and relationally driven. And it is as we partner with these, we feel we can get out into the community more to reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. One of the things that we're doing on July 23rd, Serving Sunday, is we are implementing a greater impact and partnership relationship with our local mission teams Or partners in our community as we go out into the community and serve. Remember, on Serving Sunday, we'll gather for a a short meal, an abbreviated worship service. We have over 300 people signed up to then go on mission into our community, over 33 projects that we will be working on with nearly all of our 13 local ministry partners. We're being intentional about increasing our relationship, our focus and our effectiveness within our local missions. As we consider our global mission ministry, more than just uh, providing money for global missions, we're sending teams, we're building relationships with the missionaries and the partners that we have. Alaska Christian College is a great example of that where we are sending teams, we're building relationship and we're growing God's kingdom together through uh, a a combined effort. And a new initiative that we're really building right now is our regional ministry or our regional impact. And this pertains to not only district churches within the covenant denomination that exists within our region, but really a focus on helping rural church communities thrive in their context oftentimes under-resourced and isolated, we have found that if we can come alongside some of these small-town churches to encourage them and to partner with them, to resource them and equip them, they are able to increase their their effectiveness in reaching their own communities with the gospel of Jesus Christ. One of the things I can share with you is that... uh, A few weeks ago, when the youth went to Cannonball and the adults went to Alaska Christian College on a mission trip experience, I took Gwen, my wife, and all of our children to Cannonball in North Dakota for them to experience what it was like uh, to be able to serve in ministry uh, there. I spent an hour with Pastor Boot's. Marsh, who is the pastor of the church in Cannonball, North Dakota. Pastor Boots is now 85 years old. He started his pastorate in Cannonball when he was 65. He's been there for 20 years. And let me tell you how impactful that visit was. One of the reasons I went there was to sit down with Pastor Boots, pastor to pastor, and to encourage him and to hear his story. I spent one hour saying, Pastor Boots, how are you? Tell me about your life, your walk with God, your marriage. Tell me about your community involvement. Tell me about you. How are you? There was a pause, a tear, and he said, Pastor, I want you to know that in the last 20 years, You're only the second person who's asked in any form that they really wanted to know. And the first time I've sat down for this long to share my story with anyone. We must recognize there are a lot of people doing God's work in a lot of places who are isolated and alone, and we can come alongside them to encourage them and help them advance and grow God's kingdom. The second thing that we're going to focus on with our mission is the development of our tech ministries. Every week, uh, we have over 260 people who are participating in the life of our church through our online ministry. And that's growing, by the way. Not only that, we're looking to find numerous ways upon which we can maximize our online presence in the life of those who are maybe a part of our community, faith community, uh, from a distance, having more interactive ways. Uh, we're just in the season of developing and asking questions. What, can, what more can we do to maximize our online ministry? As it comes to the rural ministry impact, I want to share some exciting things. We have hosted two consecutive years, a rural uh, impact leadership conference upon which over a hundred pastors and church leaders have come from rural communities right here to Alexandria in our church where they've been encouraged, where they've gone through a weekend conference uh, and it's ministry training and encouragement, equipping in context. So it's rural pastors providing rural leadership uh, to rural communities. We're simply the host site to welcome them in, to care for them and love them. Uh, we also uh, were uh, reported to a town and country uh, conference on online conferences. And, and one of the reports that was brought back from that, where there were people who had no idea what this conference was about, who are involved in many larger conferences throughout the nation and world from big churches. And they gave rave reviews not only for the quality of the conference, but for the technology and for the focus of it. In fact, one of the the, the comments made was that this is as good as it gets, and it may be a new model for rural ministry impact. I'm excited to say that we're a part of that, and we're going to continue to move in that direction as a church family. Having conversations with some of our pastors throughout the Northwest Conference They not only were inspired through the conference itself and the content, but they also said that coming to a church that loved us, served us, and provided great hospitality was a real inspiration to go home and do the same in our own community. What a blessing that is to so many. We are a regional support to many churches through pulpit supply, visitation relief, resource sharing, financial assistance, technology assistance, leader and small group training, live streaming, worship ministry support, the list goes on and on and on. Not only are our pastors able to fill pulpits in rural communities, but I want you to know that some of our retired pastors and solid Bible teachers in our church have been able to go out and provide pulpit fill and relief to some of these small churches around us as well. Small town churches, I should say. We are going to continue to promote a high value in the ministry of presence, in the lives of rural communities. As it relates to our ministry focus here at the church, things we're going to amp up and ramp up and invite you into is really a continued investment in our children, youth, and adult ministry programming. That will not slow down. If you're involved, whether you're a participant, a leader, or some other way that you're serving in those, I ask that you continue to do that. If you haven't been involved, I invite you in to be a part of that great ministry. Uh, Our kids ministry and our youth ministry is our number one outreach to our community in bringing families into the church and exposing them to the gospel. VBS this week, as I mentioned, we have over 300 kids already signed up. We have 140 volunteers already signed up. Numbers are great, but what's even greater is the transformation that takes place in lives through the ministry of this church and the people who are serving faithfully. We're going to focus on assimilation. That means we have to learn how to get more involved into not only the life of the church, but into each other's lives. We're going to try to do better at that as a church family. We're going to focus and increase our time in prayer and not just praying for the health and well being of people, but for the spiritual well being of our community and for those we get to impact. And finally, our small group emphasis is really an invitation for you as an adult to find a way to get into a small group, to grow deeper in relationship with one another. This fall, we're going to launch a whole church small group experience in Alpha. Not only will it be an invitation to those outside the church, but an opportunity for you and the church to be invited in and to be involved. And so I trust that as more of that information comes, you will participate in that. Lastly, I just want to Reemphasize what Kevin Jones talked to you about this morning. And that is our capital campaign. It's a debt elimination and really a grounds and facility maintenance campaign. What we really believe as a leadership is that we're positioned to maximize our kingdom impact. But one of the things that is getting in the way of that is our debt, and we'd love to eliminate it. So invite you to be a contributor to that. We don't want you to uh, back off on your weekly, regular giving to the church. We want you to consider increasing and giving sacrificially so that the kingdom of God can continue to grow and we can maximize our input. In every one of your bulletins, there is a commitment card. And I just want to draw your attention to that because it's a way that you can uh, actually, in writing, make a commitment And fulfill that over time. May God give you grace and may He give you favor as you consider how you can be a part of this. Not only will it unite us around a common mission, but it will free up money for ministry and it will certainly help us to not only be generous, but to live generously towards others. And so I will be preaching and teaching in the future on stewardship, so you can anticipate that coming. But this is one way we can invite you into having greater impact, not only in the life of the church, but in the mission of the church as well. So, how are ways you can get involved? If you're involved at a high level capacity, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you've never been involved, I just want you to step up one notch, one step up, and get involved in something. If you're mediocrely involved and and, and you're content there, but you could give a little more of your time, your talent, your resources, your gifts, we encourage you to do that. And so our church is full of opportunities to invite someone to the church, to attend a study, to volunteer in a ministry, to lead a group, to go on a mission trip, to serve on a team or to give financially to the work and the ministry that God has called us to. I want to say I'm proud to be your pastor. And I love the fact that God has given us so much favor to reach so many people with the mission and ministry and the message of the gospel that people are not only coming to know God, But they're being transformed by the power of the gospel as it reaches their lives. Church, thank you. I love you. I'm grateful to be your pastor, and I'm blessed to be on mission with you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the good report that we can recognize and celebrate today. Father, It is a great calling to not only become part of God's family, but it is a great calling to be able to participate in the work and mission of the church. Thank you for the gift that you've given to us, Alexandria Covenant, of being a witness in this world. So Father, I pray that as we go from this place today on mission for you, that God All our efforts would bring glory to your holy name. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.